Hey everybody, this is the Acquire podcast from the Odd Phonic Podcast Network, and I'm Jenny Wright. This is a podcast that delves deep into the world of list building and online events, and it's designed to empower entrepreneurs and marketers with the strategies and the knowledge to master these essential business growth tactics. In today's episode, we're diving into the deep and powerful strategy that can transform your list building, lead generation, and product launches. And our guest today is Julie Greenham. She is a success coach, a speaker, and the founder of The Quiet Powerhouse. She brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table, having spent over 20 years as a service director for a major Canadian airline. And Julie's mission is to help entrepreneurs supercharge their success by harnessing the overlooked game changers, the right mindset, and productivity power. Her journey is an absolute testament to the transformative potential of having a mindset shift. Julie excels at finding that delicate balance between professional success and personal well-being for her clients. Welcome, Julie. I am so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Jenny. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Absolutely. And we are geographically not that far apart. I know, which is great considering everybody who we know all over the world. <laughs> I know. It's so funny when we get to do something with another fellow Canadian. I love being able to speak to other people. And maybe at some point we're going to have to do this podcast live and in person uh, on a future episode. I love that idea. So tell me a little bit what what this whole um, experience of creating the quiet powerhouse, what is it and why was it so important for you to create this? You know, I find it's it's probably it's likely the reason why people start most businesses is because they've gone through their own personal journey, their transformation, and you just feel like you're trying to grasp to strategies out there about making it work and they don't they don't feel right. And so when I discovered that I was an introvert because it took quite a while, I just felt like I was in certain situations um where I didn't feel I didn't feel quite myself or I would try to engage and and give so much of my energy and it just I would be completely drained after and I would stay as a hermit for two or three days. So I thought you know, I'm going to do this a different way. And at the time I was actually teaching, I had a French studio up in uh, just north of Toronto where I used to live. And um, I just, uh, I found a different way of marketing myself and in a way that felt really good. So more intimate conversation, word of mouth, instead of all the other things that I was trying to do and trying to meet as many people as I could, putting myself in as many networking uh, groups as I could, going to trade shows. I mean, I thought, if this is it, I don't think I'm cut out for this. So that's how it all started. And then I discovered that the people, that there were so many other people around me that felt the same. So I thought, you know, lots of empaths, introverts, people who are, I call them emotionally connected. So yeah, I decided to focus on that. And then of course, mindset is my is what I love the most is what I teach and practice. So I decided to go in that direction. As somebody who is somewhat of an introvert, I think it's an ambivert, I find that your energy gets drained from social interactions, from a lot of um, exporting your energy versus, you know, somebody who is really extrovert, extroverted, they have no problem with that. How do you help or even, uh, and before we get into some of the, the details on launches and things like that, how do you make sure that you're, you know, um, you're representing sort of that 
feeling that you have to conserve your energy, you can't put too much out. How do you help people build a business that succeeds in that space? Because a lot of what we do online, we have to be, you know, we have to be on video, we have to be on audio, we have to have uh, social posts everywhere. It feels like it consumes a lot of energy. So how is it that you help people identify this and then build a business this way? I think I think being aware that that is who you are at your core I think that's the the first step and then shedding that belief that you that you won't be so many people come to me and think that they won't be successful or they actually quit before they even go on their entrepreneurial journey which is so frustrating to me sometimes because really what it comes down to is do you have something that people want and then everything else i believe is a skill learning how to speak with you on a podcast learning how to better uh, your speaking skills to speak to the media um any anything can be taught marketing can be taught and so it's just finding those ways to um to market yourself and what feels good and my preferred way is always email um this is how I, I focus on my lead generation as well, personal connections too. I know we'll get a little bit into that as well later on, but just doing things that feel feel good to me. Before I used to also open up my calendar for someone to come in at any time of day to coach. Uh, and then I realized I can't do this. I can't also transition. I can't be spending all my day giving, giving, giving my energy and then going back to being with my family and being completely depleted and being resentful because I didn't have some time alone that day or just taking a walk outside. So I think having good boundaries too is such a is such a good first step, but also the self-awareness that that is one of your needs. And I think it's really hard for some people to establish those boundaries and figure out those needs unless you've been pressed sometimes. At least personally, that was an experience for me when I started this online piece. But the more boundaries I put in place, the more comfortable I am. And it allows yes. me to do things like the podcast or like video because I can do it on my terms. It doesn't feel like I have to fit into somebody else's mold. And I think that's really important to think about when we're looking at being quietly fabulous and uh, <laughs> and, and being that. the powerhouses that you are so good at creating or so good at, at, at encouraging people to be. So I want to shift a little bit. I want to talk about, because this is all about list building, lead generation, and launches. I want to I want to shift and talk about these things. So in building your business, there was obviously things that felt good for you to do and things that didn't. And you already mentioned that using your email list was an essential piece for you. How did you grow it? What did you do to build that email list that felt authentically you? I think many different things. I think, again, it comes back to, do you have some kind of freebie or lead magnet that that somebody wants. I think, you know, the research that goes into that is so important. I think before I would do a lot because again, I was trying to hide behind, I was trying to hide behind the computer. And um, I was thinking of things that perhaps my audience wanted. So I would create, spend so much time, this is back when I didn't have help, but spent st so much time in creating things that people did not even want. And then, of course, if you're wanting to make an offer to someone, you have to have people to, to, to be there, to be receptive to it and to want it. So I think that doing the research is so is so important, speaking to the right people. Um, again, with, with me being so reserved uh, and me 
somehow as women, we think sometimes that we do ourselves a favor in wanting to do things on our own. And I have found that my biggest growth have been to collaborate with people, again, to go on people's podcasts, to have them on my podcast, to be included in summits, to go networking with the right people, with the right crowd. And so I think that's how I, I really got started. And of course, again, having a great offer that people want and um, yes, yeah, so, so many things, but that's how I started. That's how I, that was a big shift for me because I felt like I was creating things that nobody wanted. I, nobody wanted because I didn't ask them or I didn't reach out and no, no, I, I'm just going to do this on my own. So that was a big shift. Absolutely. And from doing that, did you find that you felt more comfortable, you had more success, your list growed, you know, growed more quickly, or you had more interactions based on those different things that you were trying to do? Definitely, definitely at the very, um, well, even right now, because, you know, I'm still doing those things. And I'm still, I'm, I'm taking it a different, I'm taking a different approach as to, I'm not going to, I, I think I think that that's really important when we're doing the lead generation as well is where is your mindset at with you showing up and feeling like you're inauthentic or you're trying to sell or you're trying to convince people. I think the mindset piece is so integral to the lead generation and to switch that um, because if you're if you're going out there that never feels that never feels good whether you're writing an email whether it's in written words or you're speaking to someone you're always going to feel like you're not enough or that you um, are not speaking the right words to someone or you're trying to bring someone on as you know attracting them as a client when we when we look at building a list launching products and you know, getting leads into our businesses as an introvert or as an ambivert or just somebody who is quiet and sensitive, what strategies would you give them to really embody that authentic self and to really create those mindset, mindset shifts that you were just talking about? What strategies and tips would you recommend? I think it sounds so cliche, but just really harness the power of your um, quiet, quiet powerhouses are usually very good at connecting with people mm -hmm. in a small group or one-on-one. -on -one. And don't think that that could not have an, a ripple. Don't think that that doesn't have a ripple effect because that's exactly how, um, I usually get clients is that I work with one person. They talk to the, you know, of course I ask them after we work together, if they want to continue or do they have you know, if they have other people that they know that we could work together, if it's been so beneficial to them. And so those things create like almost a spider web. So you're not, you're, you're leveraging other people's word of mouth uh, to come to you. So I think to, you know, now that everybody's online and everybody's focused on social media and, and all these things, I like to stick to what works for me and what works with who I am. Um, part of the reason also why I love flying so much, I've been a service director for 23 years, like you said, um, I work that my position is usually working in executive class and signature class. So it's smaller. I love to talk to people. I love when they come in the galley, I chat with them. I actually attract a lot of clients just being on board, <laughs> which I love. So I'm genuinely, <laughs> I'm genuinely interested in people. And I mm -hmm. think that 
And I think that if you're quiet or you're an introvert, I think you have that natural talent that you don't give yourself credit for. That's extremely valuable to me. And I I use that to, I don't want to say use it to my advantage, but I know my strengths Mm -hmm. and people like to feel heard, acknowledged and listened to. And I know that I'm genuinely good at that. And so that's what I do Mm -hmm. because people will always come to you first because they know you not because you have some amazing thing to offer. If they don't like who you are, I truly believe that they're going to go somewhere else. I have heard this and I'd love for you to either confirm or tell me I'm wrong, that people who tend to be the quiet, the quiet powerhouse tend to have a calming energy around them that when people talk to them, they feel very relaxed. It feels very smooth. It feels really comforting and enjoyable. And that builds trust really quickly. And this is something that I've I've had people personally tell me, but I've also seen myself and other people who sort of are emblematic of this sort of uh, quieter space. Does that resonate with you? Does that make sense? 100%. And I'm trying to, as you're saying this, I'm trying to think of, I've read it a couple of times, but that book with uh, of Dale Carnegie, uh, mm. is it how to win friends. And influence, influence people. People, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He talks about it in there, which is the number one uh, need and desire for people is to feel, you know, acknowledge and feel important. And so, you know, these intimate conversations that quiet people love to have and really be attentive and pay attention and to have all of the, um, all of the attention on the other person, I feel like it's so, it's so important. Yeah. It resonates. And what what's the other? See, I'm in perimenopause, so I'm I'm losing a lot of these uh, you know quotes and analogies that I me too. Me too. I don't know where they all went, but I can't remember that kind of stuff. I need them all written out in front of me. Perimenopause is that's another conversation for another podcast. But crazy, crazy for the brain. It is. It is. So um, so yeah, I think I think that's really that's really valuable. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you have any success stories where you, when you were trying to grow your business in the beginning stages and where you tried something and it didn't work for you and you managed to sort of change it, shift it into something that would work for you and what the results might've been? Yes, definitely that, you know, stop trying to do alone and, and get out and meet your people and, and collaborate together because that is just exponential in in your growth and for other people's growth as well. Uh, But I think, again, coming down to having, you know, having an an offer that is really compelling to people that people really want, and then working backwards to it, whether it be with your content, whether it be with your freebie, whether it be with your email sequence, everything should lead up to that. But And then also, not just that, but with people who are thinking about it in the sense of the lead generation of people who come into your your sphere at different points into their journey. And so creating different types of content for that, creating different blogs for that, or however your um, vehicle is for reaching people, I think that's really important. I think sometimes we only think about one type of person in our mind because out there, all the big gurus are talking about have this one avatar in your mind, but people are coming into you that you can still, people are coming into your sphere that you, you can still help. And so thinking about the beginning phases, the middle phases, the end phases, and this also leads you 
then leads your people to having repeat customers as well, because that's that's very little energy. I think I think a lot of people focus on having new clients all the time. And that's such a that's a that's a draining of energy for introverts, that's for sure. <laughs> it is. And has that been something that you've worked on uh, very methodically in your business to create sort of those repeat clients that are less work? Yes, 100%. And the thing that I've had to, again, I, I felt disingenuous at first because I thought, oh, well, they've worked with me once. So, you know, they they know they know what we can do together and co-create. So they're going to come back. But even if I take a look at people who do that with me is I they always stay top of mind for me if they check in and, you know, ask. I'm so impressed. Sometimes people remember my kids names and how old they were and if they were in hockey and how's that going. And so those are the little natural talents. I feel like the quiet people have or the ambiverts do <laughs> and some extroverts, too, of course, of course, but um, but but it is it is one of one of the superpowers of the of the quiets for sure and so i definitely try to um to focus on that as well so you know i i'm quite frank i share it with my clients as well sometimes even for them to do i say have a have a, a spreadsheet and our lives are busy it's totally fine doing that it's not disingenuous but have your clients names on there your past clients name write as much information as you know, you you have about them. The dog's name is, we can't remember all these things. We have just have so much space in our heads and just check in once in a while, see how mm -hmm. they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's, and I find that, go ahead, yeah. please. No, and I find that very often people will say, you know, Julie, like uh, I'm feeling stuck right now. I feel like I've seen, you know, I have a growth in, in where I'm at. I have a ceiling of of what I've reached. And um, yeah, now that you've checked in, I'm I'm thinking about you. Do you have any space for for coaching? Can we do anything together? This is what I'm struggling with. So yeah, that's I find that um, I focus on that. I focus on that kind of relationship a lot. I agree. I think networking and because uh, you were mentioning that earlier about networking, I find networking to be almost empowering for me. Like I feel like even though it's in small groups, obviously big, big groups, no, thank you. Small groups. Yes. And I find that really invigorating and mm -hmm. I enjoy it a lot. There's always a limit on the amount of time that I can do it, but I feel really great by it. And, um, I actually get quite invigorated with people who are, uh, very quick and rapid fire questions and stuff. Yes. I just find it fascinating that people can, you know, come with those kinds of questions and then answering them and having a really great sort of uh, animated conversation. And then I like to go and have some quiet time, but yes. that's okay. What I, what I'd love to know is when we're trying to grow these businesses as quiet people or, uh, and this isn't emblematic of all quiet people, every, you know, just to be clear, like there is a spectrum of this and some people are more quiet than others, more people, some people are less quiet and you go through phases. I found that at some phases of my life, I haven't been feeling like an ambivert. I feel a little bit more extroverted and other times I am completely pulled in. And that, I think that's just emblematic of our lives and the times and what you're going through. Yeah. But in terms of your business and your growth have you seen that shift happening kind of naturally for you do you notice it do you lean in what do you do mm. i think it took me a long time to accept myself um as to who i was and what my strengths and and weaknesses was were mm -hmm. and i think also delegating things to other people i don't have to do this all myself and i think that's when 
And and perhaps it comes with age as well. Perhaps that confidence, that wisdom comes with age and experience. Yeah. But I feel like when I truly embodied who I was, that's sort of when it all turned and and took off for me, I feel like. Okay. Because I'm not worried about going into a space and thinking, are these people thinking that I'm fitting in here or comparing myself to other people? I mean, that happens all the time because we're human. Mm-hmm. But really, truly also putting myself in in rooms and situations with people who are always just a little bit ahead of me. Mm-hmm. That's really important to me for my growth, for my mindset. Um, I love to learn. If anybody listening did the Strengths Finder, learning is at the top is my number one. So I have to be learning all the time. So learning with people who have um who have embodied a certain level of success that that I want, um, that's definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely share that with you. What is your favorite style of growth in your business? What do you do? Do you live launch? Do you evergreen launch? What's your favorite style? Mm, that's a good question. I think it depends on on the offer that is out. So I'm I don't know why I was afraid of evergreen so much, but I've been doing that in the last year. I think it was more the systems and the processes and just the organization side, which I'm a Virgo. That should not, that is my middle name, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know what it was about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think, and I think sometimes you start to feel the fatigue of, of the launch as well, the live launches too. But again, it's also exciting. So I feel like a push and pull all the time. So it would depend. It would depend on the offer. What's your evergreen? What's the evergreen offer that you're just talking about right now? Uh, It's change over the years, but now I'm focusing on the um, there's 30 business focused meditations that um, that we're sort of we're doing that in the back end all the time. So Mm -hmm. with some Facebook ads and, and things like that. So, yeah, just to. You know, because I feel like a lot of women entrepreneurs are are wanting that disconnect. I mean, we're so stretched thin as, you know, uh, daughters, as mothers, as, you know, partners. And so I wanted to, I love meditating. So I wanted to focus on specifically business focused ones um, that focus on leadership, financial mm-hmm. abundance. And so, yeah. And it's are those, product. it's a small product. So it's a, it's a low tier product that you're running Facebook ads to. It is. So it's a really great way to get people to make a smaller purchase. Is there something that they're, you know, um, offered later on that's a mid-tier or a higher tier? Or how do you continue to evolve that sphere of having them in, you know, in your business? Yes. Uh, it all leads back to the personal coaching for that one. Nice. So about the mindset. Yes. And we're actually in, in behind the scenes, we're developing a, our group a group uh, coaching session that should be coming out at the beginning of next year. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Wow. And have you ever used a book of call funnel at all? No, no. It's something that uh, people, a lot of people use off of a low tier offer that you're talking about. And yes. they put them into a book of call funnel to try and get sales calls book to sell the higher tier or the um, high tier program or product oh, okay. or service. And it does, and this is really great for quiet people because it does a lot of the work for you to get yeah. them to get that sales call booked. So it's a little bit less, you know, of the continuous effort and output of like Facebook lives and things like that. So you're letting sort of the mechanics of the back end do it for you, which I love. And mm. I've, I've found this is something for, for people 
who enjoy it, that that is a really great way to, to also get leads as well. So I wondered if it was something that you use. No, it's not. But now that you've mentioned it, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, I'll tell you more about it later. But um, yeah, absolutely. I love, uh, I love live launching. I, I do get a rush off of it. But at the same time, there's a point where like after a live launch, I need a vacation. I think everybody does. And um, but that's but the point right after the live launch is one of the most important points. And you can't necessarily, you know, go offline and go on vacation um, because you might have the sales call or your program might be starting or your cart's opening or something like that. For all the live launches that you've done, do you feel afterwards that you need that like downtime? Um, do you get exhilarated by the live launch or just find it exhausting? I, I find that the exhaustion comes afterwards. So what you're saying about taking that time, even if it's just, you know, having a couple of days away or yeah. even doing like a, a staycation or something like that, you need to, you need to turn off your brain. I mean, here's another, here's another great biggest mistake that I've, that I've done in the past, which all leads to, you know, knowing better for next time and doing things differently. But I was so disorganized. I would, I would just pick a day for a launch and of course, doing this all on my own. And then I was like, Oh, look at that. I, you know, I scheduled a launch while I'm going on vacation or it's my kid's uh, birthday or we're going to the tournament and then, oh, that would be stressful on the plane. You know, I was trying to do oh my few God, things. No. 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 And then of course you have no one to help you and then things break down tech wise. And so it's a very stressful. So, but you learn, you know, the humble beginnings. Absolutely. How many years were you doing it all on your own? I was probably a long time, probably yeah five years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> a long time with five, um, with, uh, small children and divorce and yeah, <laughs> but you know, you gotta, you gotta, this is a belief wow. that I, that I've shed a lot in therapy is you don't have to, you don't have to do it alone, Julie. Like what, what is it that you're after that you're trying to, what are you trying to prove? To? Yeah. It's like, what are you trying to prove and who are you trying to prove it to? Exactly. Usually you know? ends up being myself. Yes. It's like, I would love that external validation of someone saying, how do you do it? And you fly on top of that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's like, I got some validation and I loved it. So I really had to take a look at myself. There's so my ego. much. Oh, exactly. Right. <laughs> parking, parking your ego is such an important thing. I did not learn that quickly. I will say. Yeah. And I was, um, when I first started, I was somebody who had bruised feelings very easily. I'm a very mm -hmm. sensitive person. And so the, uh, any negativity or anything like that really would send me for a spiral mm -hmm. and I would struggle really hard. It took a lot of work to develop the ability to, um, not have that happen. First of all, be receptive, take the criticism, take the feedback, um, not feel so upset if somebody didn't give me the, you know, pat on the back and good girl and be able to develop and say, you know what, I'm really proud of myself today. I did this, 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 and this, I didn't get this done. Not a big deal. I will, you know, I'm going to get that done, et cetera. And also again, not trying to do it on your own. Cause that is, it's so hard. <laughs> it's oh, not good. You'll get there, but it's like, what is the, the, the story in, uh, cause I, I grew up in Quebec, but that, that story, the tur tortoise in the hair, tortoise in the hair. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, yes. It's like, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to go that slowly in this case. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. All right. 
as we wrap this up, what tips or advice would you give people who feel they're on the quiet side that would help them sort of get, you know, not make the same mistakes we did earlier on and Mm -hmm. uh, get to a good place faster? Mm. I think it's really acknowledging what your, your strengths are, um, that you do need help even at the very beginning, because, you know, paying someone to do some graphic design or however small tasks that you can get them to do, you will have focus your attention on, on so much greater things that you're meant to do in your own business. So that, you know, that 80, 20 principle, um, I love that book. So I would recommend it to anyone. And, um, and even the other one, the E-Myth also talks about, you don't have to, Michael E. Gerber, you don't have to do it all on your own. Be strategic in, in who you bring on in your business. Um, and again, an offer, like a really good, irresistible offer. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter all your natural strengths. It doesn't matter how many times you show up on social. If you have something that people do not want to buy, it doesn't matter how charming you are. It doesn't matter how good you are. Not at all. Nobody's going to buy it. Not at all. We've mentioned a couple (laughs) books today. We talked about the 80-20 rule. We talked about making friends and influencing people. Um, What was the last one that you mentioned? The E-Myth. The E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gerber. Yeah, that that one was an eye-opener. Wow. Okay. And we're going to make sure that these are in our show notes. I'm just jotting them down as you're talking because I'll make sure they're in the show notes under resources so that people can go and take a look at these. I remember distinctly being a kid and my mother telling me, you know, you should really read the book, Making in- making Friends and Influencing People. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to take that. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, mom. Uh, oh. if, she was, if she was a Virgo, I learned this the other day, I'm doing a business astrology course. If, it's a, if you're a Virgo, that is your love language. It actually comes out as criticism, but it's to help you. I was like, there you go. It's, it is a good thing. Just All have right. to finesse my communication a little bit. There you go. Just take it at face value. Don't uh, not, not read too much into it. But how can That's people right. find you? How can they connect with you? How can they get into your quiet powerhouse circle? Yes. Uh, my website is juliegreenham.com. And also I'm mainly on Instagram at I am Julie Greenham. Yes. And you post great stories on, on Instagram. I love when you post the little, the really cool breakfast that you have. (laughs) (laughs) I love making breakfast my favorite time of day. Right. Mine too. Awesome. It was such a pleasure to have you on. I'm really, really excited not only to um, tell everybody about what you're doing, but also I'm really excited to share that probably, let me see here. I'm just going to quickly pop over to our calendar of when this is actually going to come out. So bear with me for a second. Um, this is actually going to come out on the 24th of October. And I know that you and I are doing something really cool in October. We are. I, I, I'm so excited. Uh, I get to appear as one of the panelists in an upcoming event that you're running and you run events regularly, don't you? I do online. This is actually yeah. my first in person. So mm-hmm. yeah, you were doing online little... ones. I love that. But this is the first in person, correct? It is. So mm. the quiets, we want to get together. Yes. yes. I'm really excited. And I'm so honored to be on the panel for this. Uh, it'll be, you know, it'll be all said and done. We'll have had a fabulous time by the time this recording comes out. So, you know, we've, we've already had a great time. It's, it's happened, but I'm just, I, I love the fact that you're creating something where people can get together in a small group. Cause I know, I think there's only going to be what 30, 40 people in the room or. Yes. Everything was designed to be just very conscious of, of time, energy, space, everything. 
Excellent. Well, I hope that you're going to do another one after this and that when people go check you out, they're going to see another event coming up and they'll be able to go and join that one for sure. Thank you, Jenny. Absolutely, Julie. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And if you are listening to the podcast and you want to let us know what you think, go ahead and click the subscribe button and then leave me a review. I'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast. And don't forget to check out Julie on all the places that she told you. And we'll make sure, again, those are in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to the Acquire podcast from the Odd Phonic Podcast Network. I'm Jenny Wright, and we'll see you all soon. Take care.